Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, folks. My guest today is the founder of one of the top health coach training programs out there, the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Program. Reed Davis is the founder of this incredible program, and he talks to us about how, as a clinical nutritionist way back when, he noticed what what, what helped some people get better and what stopped others from getting better altogether. And this learning, after dealing with thousands of patients, this is what led him to create the FDN program as we know it today. I often get people coming to me, asking me how, what do I look for in a health coach or who they themselves are wanting to become health coaches. If you fall into any of those categories, or if you're just on a health journey of your own and want to understand more about the approach of FDN, then you want to listen to this episode. Reed is a great speaker and he is a wealth of information. So if you want to learn more about the FDN program or find a practitioner, you can go to functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. If you decide you want to become a health coach with them, an FDN practitioner, then you can use discount code NAT500 and save yourself a few dollars. And of course, if you have any comments or questions, you know where to find me. You can always reach me through natnidham.com, my website. And if you have any comments, questions, that's where you would send them. And finally, if you enjoy this episode or you know someone who just needs this information themselves, please make sure to share it out with them. And, and if you're feeling inspired, leave us a review. We love those five-star reviews. That's what allows us to rise up the rankings. So we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, and then you get to deep dive into the world of the FDN. Enjoy. Hey folks, quick word from our sponsor, Berkeley Life Professional. If you've been listening for a while, you've probably heard me talk about nitric oxide, a vital molecule made naturally in the body responsible for vasodilation and circulation. But as we produce less of it as we age, resulting in diminished blood flow, I, along with many of my listeners, have been supporting our nitric oxide levels with an easy daily dietary nitrate supplement called Berkeley Life. But did you know that nitric oxide also has topical impacts? Berkeley Life's new topical nitric oxide serum combines vitamin C and nitrite to create nitric oxide gas directly on the skin. I get a beautiful blush for about five or 10 minutes as the serum goes to work on my skin's microvasculature without any kind of burning or tingling sensation. I'm now using the serum daily alongside my Berkeley Life supplement. As the biggest organ in my body, I know my skin is thanking me for the improved delivery of oxygen and nutrients being delivered through my circulatory system, thanks to nitric oxide. Berkeley Life is available only through health practitioners, so you can access Berkeley Life products at berkeleylife.com and use my practitioner code NIDDBL to place your order and get 10% off that first order. Once again, berkeleylife.com. And now let's get back to the episode. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Welcome to the show, Reed. It is such a pleasure to have you here today. You too, Natalie. Real pleasure. Yeah. So Reed Davis and I have been crossing paths for 
I don't know, years now. <laughs> at different, yeah, a long time. Long time. Good to different... see a familiar face. Exactly. And, uh, you know, when I got the note from your team, I was like, Reed Davis, oh my God, that's so cool. I'm so excited. I'm, you know, we've, we've always crossed paths. We've had little short conversations, but we've never had like the big talk. This will be a good big talk. So Reed, I always love to start my podcast by helping my listeners know a little bit more about the person on the other side of the mic. So, you know, you have a very varied background. So maybe you'd like to tell us how Reed Davis ended up being the guy behind this giant uh, yeah, machine pushing out these really cool coaches out there. Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, you know the story, but I'll be happy to go back only so far. Yeah. I could go back to when I was uh, in environmental law, saving the planet, you know, conservationist, air birds, water trees, bees. Really, I was on a mission to clean up the world and uh, notice how bad it was, you know, killing all the fish and things. It was that kind of a business, you know, uh, recycling everything. And um, I started to turn my attention to what's going on with people. Like, what's it doing to us, including me? I didn't want anything sneaking up on me. It was in great health, good shape and everything. But um, I switched gears and said, I'm, I went to work at a wellness center in Southern California, which is very exciting. People coming in there were, uh, uh, I identified or kind of coined it, uh, caught in a cycle of trial and error. Mm -hmm. I noticed people coming in had been to five or eight or 10 different practitioners already. And, um, you know, one day I'm out riding my motorcycle in Southern California, which I do a lot. And, and uh, the hair is, the wind's blowing through where my hair is supposed to be. <laughs> I'm thinking, I just, I love being free and, and able to do what I want. These poor people coming in the office were, in my opinion, again, having never really been to a doctor except for, um, you know, sports injuries. Uh, I thought, what a ripoff. I just thought people were getting ripped off by whatever. Well, I don't care if they're going to you know, medical or alternative or what they were going to, they weren't getting their problems fixed. Mm -hmm. And it really upset me to the point where I said, I'm going to be the last person they need to see whatever it takes. No, I didn't know what I was doing. It was very naive to say that, but I spent the next 10 years in that clinic running thousands of labs for thousands of people. Cause I could trying to get to the underlying causes, conditions and what's really wrong with them. Because they'd had enough of the diagnosis and treatment models. Oh, it sounds like this. Run one test. Yep, it's your thyroid. Here's your thyroid medication. Or, and, and I'll, I'll just stop uh, here. They were being told by their practitioners, nothing's wrong with you. Yeah. Your blood work looks normal. Yeah. And that just freaked me out. So I, I really, I spent, I put in the time, 10 years, thousands of labs, thousands of people. And that's what got me um, to the point where I, recognize some patterns and figured some things out. Just a few, just a few. So then you started that practice yourself. Oh, the practice, the, the wellness center was there. I, there was chiropractic and acupuncture. There was a, a DO, there was massage. There was, mm -hmm. you know, I, I became the nutritionist kind of by accident. Um, the owner asked, she was getting a diplomat in nutrition uh, for her chiropractic license and said, I could go along. And if I would do her, her homework and mine, 
then I would get a certificate out of it. So I took that challenge. I, I said, yeah, I'll do that. You know, like, and I really enjoyed it. I got to work on her patients in between mm-hmm. my classes, which was extraordinary opportunity. Hardly anyone gets that. So, but I, I wasn't a physician. I couldn't take the diagnosis and treatment mentality and realize later the patients coming in there didn't want that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. You know, that wasn't helping people, not to the level that I knew that I could with with just they call it underlying cause, root cause. Um, I have an opinion about that, but it's really all the upstream dysfunctions and imbalances. And there's a whole constellation of those that I learned to identify. Yeah. So that's I mean, I think that's a good place to to kind of go in because you know, people are constantly being told you need to know the root cause, you need to know what what's driving this. And to a degree, I mean, I think that is true. It's a question of where you look and how you look. And, you know, talking about this constellation that is that is really the the foundation of your program and the way that you train practitioners to to help their patients. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. So there's, there's a nuance between root cause and what you talk about as metabolic chaos, right? So this whole, this whole dissolution of how the body is supposed to be able to get itself back to homeostasis. You get so many things out of whack that it can no longer find its balance anymore. And that's why I call it metabolic chaos. And I, I think I did kind of coin that phrase for folks so they'd understand it could be very complex, but the term root cause, I used to use it. And then I realized that it's really elusive. You may never find it. Uh, it, it could be really distant from where the symptoms are occurring. You know, some things occurring around the symptoms like low thyroid symptoms, thyroid. Yeah. The thyroid's, not producing, but there's still so many other things going on. You could call it upstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things like the hormone imbalances and the immune system and digestion and detoxification and energy production and the nervous system balance and all of these things are going on simultaneously. They've all been diminished or they're dysfunctional or out of balance in some way. And those things are having an effect upon each other. Mm-hmm. And some of it's just not measurable. So, you know, I'm not saying give up on the root cause because it's a noble quest. But what you really want to do is to be able to have an effect upon it, regardless of how closely you've identified. So we'd have, we would say, um, you know, root cause may not be discoverable. And it may be the result of interactions between so many elements right that you can't singly measure it for sure, but you can know about it by inference and uh, what we call clinical correlation. And then you can have an effect on it. The things we ask people to do aren't take drugs and get surgery. We ask them to change their lives so they can have an effect upon every cell, tissue, organ system. And uh, that outperforms any other system I know of. Yeah, so- Unless you're dying, you need a pill. Yeah. take the pill yeah you know but when you get out of the woods now what are you going to do what, yeah. what got you there yeah so so where do you start i mean where do you where do yeah. you find that there's is there a common place to begin or it really i mean probably it's a hybrid of both or it depends <laughs> yeah what i, I would, probably use that depends. phrase more than but, any other phrase <laughs> well with 
we, we have a system. So it's really easy. It's step by step. And everyone kind of goes through the same initial step uh, system. Um, but it begins with a conversation. But what's your main complaint? And how long has that been going on? And how often does it bother you? And what have you tried so far? And how is this ruining your life? Because if people aren't motivated and just want to take a pill, that's not us. We're, we're there for people who have long-term chronic downward spiraling conditions and they need to uh, get off that hamster wheel. You know, the, the cycle of trial and error, they're just going from one um, therapy or pills or diet or exercise program or something to the next with not even a lot of hope. Mm -hmm. And so the, the key is to stop. Here's the steps we would have you take. And it does require running labs. So that's the first step other than, again, that conversation about um, where are you at? And there's also an investment. So it's for different reasons, I guess, not for everybody. I think the, the knowledge is for everyone. But until they're teaching it in school, you know, in fourth grade, which is, you know, you don't need much more than a ninth grade education, in, in my opinion, um, to understand how the body works and to nurture it in every way. Um, I mean, it's much more complex than that. But uh, if you if you want to know. But anyway, the things you do, diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplementation, that spells dress. And that's our answer for Every malady. Again, we're not there. If you have, if you just got shot in a in a drive-by, um, you know, don't call your nutritionist. Yeah. <laughs> It'll stop the bleeding somewhere. If you get off a plane from West Africa and your temperature is 105 and you're bleeding from your eyeballs, you, you don't call your nutritionist. So you know, obviously, medical care has a tremendous, wonderful place uh, in the world, but it does what it does, and then. People have to take responsibility, but not just responsibility. Uh, I, I can go back to the very beginning when I'm out there riding my motorcycle. It's about freedom and control of your own health. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted originally was the freedom, control of my own health, um, not being dependent upon, you know, drugs and surgery. If something was to go south, I wanted to know how can I fix it? Right. So when you say somebody doesn't need more than a ninth grade education, you're talking about in order to be educated about how to care for our own bodies. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty idealistic. You yeah. know, I mean, it, but, it gets the biology, the anatomy, the physiology is, is a higher level than that. But the habits you need to form mm -hmm. um, and, and paying attention to your body so that you know whether that was a great meal or not satiation and energy and sense of well-being these things are observable um I, I didn't mean you're in ninth grade like that you're a teenager because they're nuts but you know i mean no i i know what you meant and i agree with you i think that you know we could spend a bit we could put a little bit more weight behind helping children to understand how their bodies work, what feels, how to, you know, we are, we live in a society where we ultimately become completely disconnected from our bodies and what's going on. We, you know, we, it's like we cut it off at the, at the neck and it's whatever's going on below the neck is whatever. And it's what making this happy is all that we yeah. really care about. Right. And, yeah. you know, by not really in a proactive way, educating children in a way that empowers them about how they feel and how to sure. take care of this incredible machine they've been gifted with. 
We're it is doing amazing. them and yeah. ourselves a huge, you know, disservice. Disservice. And on the other side, yeah. practitioners, whether they're FDNs or people like me or whoever else, like we we're sitting, we're often sitting across a person who's completely lost track of what it is to feel good. Right. They, they don't yeah. realize how crummy they're feeling until you, you help them to feel better. Well, ki- kids, t- kids often don't know that it's not normal because they just sort of grew up with it. And parents who um, felt great at one time, but have been feeling so bad for so long, they've gotten accustomed to it. So they think it's now sort of the new normal. But I remember uh, one of the first kids I worked with, Natalie, she uh, was a woman coming in the office. She was doing pretty good. And she asked me, did I work with kids? Mm-hmm. And I raised four and I, I had a football team for 15 years, you know, um, or, or coached football that long. Uh, so I, yeah, I knew a lot about kids. And I said, yeah, sure. So um, she, she um, said that her kid, you know, what's the story? Her kid was being kicked out of school or about to be either kicked out of school or put on drugs. And they said, you, you got to get this kid on drugs. And, you know, like Ritalin was the drug of choice back then for ADD. And um, because he was poking the other kids, not paying attention, being outbursts and things like that. And I asked the mom, I said, well, do you think your son has an, uh, a Ritalin deficiency? You know, and she she didn't really laugh. Kind of, I get a little smile out of you. That's good. But um, she was like, no, you know, like she's more frustrated. Anyway, I said, well, how, and how old is he? He was only nine years old. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's to me was sickening. And so... Um, I said, yeah, well, let's do a couple of tests. We found out he was really sensitive to some things that he was eating in his environment, got him off those things. And within three weeks, the principal of the school tracked me down, yeah. called the mom, what happened to this boy? And because he's a completely different kid. And uh, when he called me, he said, what did you put Billy on? Like, <laughs> food <laughs> some like good food and stuff so so kids respond very quickly and yes if they could, that that one and many others that i've subsequently worked with that was the first one miracle and um and then i started really loving working with kids but yeah that you can teach them that what you eat matters mm-hmm. you know and it, it will change how you feel and in this case changes life completely around same thing happened to some of my football players with their asthma that disappeared and and other similar situations people with their migraines disappeared you know, so so I learned that really early on that testing and giving people things to do and having them make then make their own observations, put them in that control that we wanted them to have. Yeah, no, I love that. And and I love how and, you know, sometimes it, it, it is interesting to me that sometimes even even before you test, if you're able to get someone, I, I think what's great about the test is it gives people something to look at. Right. And you can say this test says this. And all of a sudden there's like this higher authority that has come down and said, you should, you know, your body is not responding to X, Y, or Z or is responding in a bad way. But I do find it amazing sometimes that if people are willing to, you know, and you, you, you find yourself negotiating with people saying, okay, look for 30 days, I just need you to cut this out of your diet for the next 30 days. It'll still be there in 30 days. Mm -hmm. So if you've get no, 
change. If you still feel the same in 30 days, you can go buy a whole box of donuts and chow down on them. But if you could just give them up for 30 days, and sometimes it's a week, like we have to, you know, we have to manage the time so that it's something they can get their heads around. <laughs> um, and I would say that 90% of the time, it doesn't mean it's going to solve all their problems, but they materially experience a shift that all of a sudden turns on that light. And they're like, oh, wait, really? Because <laughs> they don't, people just don't know. And particularly with kids, I mean, that's such a great point because it's so often the last thing and or never, people never get to that point where they're going to address a child's diet. Um because they don't really believe that that could be, it could be that simple. It's, it's, um, it's almost miraculous. The, the issue though with uh, the testing and stuff is that looking forwards, you don't know who it's going to help the most. Sure. So you, it's just an investment you have to make, you know, looking backwards, miracles. I'm not kidding. I had a lady who was, uh, she was in her, a dark room with a pillow over her head five days a week with migraines. Couldn't work, had no money, stuff like that. I, I said, I'll work for free. But, you know, this one test you're going to do and you're going to pay the lab fee. You know, she had to have some skin in the game. And it just turned her life around. She found out these things that she was eating when she could come up from underneath the pillow. You know, or the cause of why she was back underneath the pillow in the dark room and uh, just miraculous turnaround, no more migraines. Within three weeks, she had what she said, normal headaches. Wow. <laughs> now, which is, which is crazy, right? Yeah. There's no such thing as a normal headache. Those no. are, some people start there, but, but you get the point that it, it really was miraculous looking backwards at her and the, and the asthma cases and the skin conditions. Oh my goodness. Like hives, really bad hives. And, gone because we figured out what was causing them so was that the root cause you know in those cases you kind of dialed it in yeah. um but yeah just amazing so, but looking forward not sure who is going to help the most keep in mind that foods contribute to metabolic chaos but only to a certain degree and some people man that's the major contributor it's a combination remember all the the constellation of things the the neurotoxins from from uh even from personal care products, yeah. you know, bad reactions, household cleaning products, uh, where you work, you know, what's in the air and in the environment. And, um, even with like with kids, they're putting on pajamas that are soaked in fire retardant, yeah. you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You know. yeah, no, it's great. So when you talk about that testing earlier, are you talking about food sensitivity testing? Yes. Yeah. And is yes. there, are there particular ones that you like more than others? Cause Yes, they're, there's they're a not screen. all equal, right? They're no, uh, and that's another thing about the, um, you know, you run the test and you get off the foods that it says are bad for you, and it doesn't do a lot of good. So some of that's based around the lab. We use a, what's called a mediator release test, which 20 years ago, 22 years ago, when I first ran one. Uh, was considered experimental and not paid for by insurance. Yeah. And I was, I told a doctor, uh, he was an, uh, an allergist about this test. I was at a dinner party, whatever it was. And um, he's an allergist. Oh, we don't run that test. We only run IgE testing because that's what a true allergy is. I said, well, I've had these people do the test and got off the food and it changed their hives went away, their migraines went away. 
kids started behaving themselves and doing good in school. Well, that, that test, we just don't run that test. We yeah. don't run because it's not approved by insurance. And so this stuff's out of pocket, but that mediator release test, I used, I'll tell you, I use Oxford Biomedical. Um, they don't deal with the public. You have to go through a practitioner. Um, and I was one of their certified practitioners 20 years ago. Um, now we just kind of work it in. But it covers 170 foods. Mm-hmm. Now, no one eats 170 different foods. You, no, you and I, no, I think I we'd be in better shape if we did, honestly. <laughs> no, we, yeah, uh, we might eat 30 yeah. foods. Maybe, I don't know what the number is, but... Um, but you screen. So we don't even call it a test. We just call it an oral intolerance screening. Mm-hmm. Oral, you know, and there's different types of sensitivities. It could be that your body reacts uh, through the immune system. There are other mediators of inflammation besides the immune system. And there are um, just, uh, you can't digest it. Your body's not uh, making enzyme, you know, so that's a real, like lactose intolerance. It's not mm-hmm. an allergy. It's your body can't break down. It doesn't have the lactase to break down the lactose. Yeah. And that's why you can't digest it. And it gives you diarrhea or something. You know? So there's lots of different types of uh, reasons why you want to avoid food. And lastly, on if you, you know, want to stay here, it's good with me. But but on the foods, um, we, we get this list. And yes, there's all the foods they tested you for. And these ones are red or yellow. You get off of those. But more importantly... Why not look at the green list? There's your shopping list. Right. It's a list of what's good. Like, like, oh, I can't have carrots, you know, whatever. Oh, do do you really crave carrots? You know, like, let's look at what's listed as green, non-reactive, and make up breakfast, lunch, and dinner with that. There's always lots of really good choices. Yeah, no, for sure. The cup is half Full, you know. Yeah, well, there's that's the whole psychology of coaching, right? People tend to all of a sudden they zero in on the things they can't have, which often are the things they've been eating too much of and is what's gotten them in trouble in the first place. And it's, you know, for the practitioner or the coach or whoever, it's all about redirecting the attention to the green list. Let's not talk yeah. about what we can't have. Let's talk about what, look at all these beautiful things you can eat. <laughs> and, yes. and then you know, and then, so, so that's, um, so the Oxford biomedical, so that's the mediator release. So it's looking at, is it looking also IgG, IgA, and then other mediators on top of that, or it's not even looking at those? No, no, it's, it's a volumetric change. It's uh, with every test. I don't care what the test is. It's a matter of how sensitive is it? Sensitivity. Yeah. And then specificity. Those are the Mm. two requirements for a test to be any good. And so um, it's really sensitive. It can measure really, really minute changes in the blood. So each little tiny drop of blood, because they take four big vials of blood from your arm, you know, it does require the ability to do that. So we can't do it on two-year-olds. We can't get enough blood to do the test. But um, so you expose it to the antigen, the, the food, and it's very not only sensitive as in uh, tiny reactions, but it's very specific. Like, yes, it can tell the difference between carrots and onions and mm-hmm. all the other things mm-hmm. it tests for. So it's very sensitive and uh, very specific. And uh, again, looking forward, you're, you don't know, hey, Mrs. Smith, you've got the hives and you're tired and you're fatigued and you're overweight and your hair's falling out and you're cranky and foggy thinking. And, you know, other than that, you're doing great. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you... Uh, um, 
We don't know how much is going to help you, but we test every single person because by removing the bad ones, focusing on the good ones, we get, we have seen, looking backwards, seen amazing results. So it's just one of our five labs that we run on everybody. Right. Do you want to talk about the other labs? I mean, I think you do hormone testing as well. And you don't, you know, you're not, you're not using, I mean, there's one in particular that everybody's always running around talking about. What, What do you look for in hormone testing? Are you doing... Are you doing blood? Are you doing urine? Or are you doing, uh, what's the other one? Blood, well, we, we, train, we train on all of them because you want to have a variety because you don't know what you're going to have available to you. You know, right. some of the tests just aren't available everywhere. We have, we have people in 50 different countries. So you use what you can get your hands on. Yeah. And, but it's how you look at it that matters. Hormones need to be balanced. First of all, your cortisol and DHEA, they have to be balanced because one is the catabolic hormone cortisol yeah. that's your yeah. generally get your stress hormone affects your blood sugar levels levels dramatically. It's an anti-inflammatory and painkiller. So cortisol is your stress hormone, but it's very catabolic. Mm-hmm. So it will break you down. Yeah. Now the, the counter-regulatory hormone is DHEA. And we call it that because the real name is dehydroepiandrosterone. Yeah. But, DHEA so is DHEA. such a nicer name. <laughs> So now those need to be in balance. Why? Because you want to balance between catabolic and anabolic, which builds you up. You need to break down. You need to build up. And so you want those in balance. That's really a good measurement. Uh, uh, Total cortisol could also be important as you might consider that how much is left in the tank, Mm -hmm. so to speak. You know, we don't use the term adrenal fatigue anymore. It's considered HPA axis dysfunction and uh, contributors to cortisol dysregulation. But so there's fancy names for what we used to call adrenal fatigue, but it was a great construct, adrenal fatigue, even though it's not quite real. It's like your tank is, you're, you're, you've been under stress for so long, your body's in that catabolic state, it's breaking down, and you need to <laughs> figure out what all the stressors are and eliminate them handle them better, build your body back up, get yeah. back into an anabolic state. So the, so the total cortisol for what sort of phase of dysfunction you might be in, HPA axis, uh, the cortisol to DHA ratio is very important for the catabolic anabolic balance. You also might look at the individual cortisols during the yeah. day, morning, noon, because you can see these roller coasters. Normal circadian rhythm is starts high in the morning, gets you going, gets the blood flowing, gets your brain up and you're active and you're out the door, all positive, ready to hit the day, you know, and then then it can really drop dramatically for some people. It might not even get up there anymore after a while. Yeah. Now you just always feel like crap. Yeah. You know, so you can see these variations. So the cortisol rhythm, the cortisol to DHA balance and just total cortisol production is could be a great assessment for hormones now by the way the sex hormones are made out of the dhea for the most part and so now you you go a little bit deeper into estrogen and progesterone balance now i don't know a woman that doesn't understand that one mm-hmm. you know that they need to be in balance certain times of the month but even once you're postmenopausal they still need to be in balance you need to have them yeah they need to be at decent levels Usually the more youthful levels, the better. And for men, it's mostly testosterone, but, but they, all, they all play a part. So we absolutely 100% always look at the hormones, hormone yeah. balance yeah. and steroid hormone balance. Um, 
really critical stuff. So yeah, we'll run that, whether it's saliva or dried urine or, or urine or in the blood even. It's not our favorite test. Um, it depends on what your remedy will be. So physicians like blood because they're going to write a prescription for what's mm-hmm. missing, you know, and um, we don't prefer that. We try to get kind of, well, what are the stressors? And then how could we naturally rebuild? And yeah. augmentation is okay, but um, it wouldn't be our, unless they're really suffering, wouldn't be, you know, because relief care is okay. It's not always our first step. Um, so there's the hormones. We test the immune system. You don't want it overactive or underactive. Um, it's a big part of uh, the gut, gut function. So we look at digestion. We look at detoxification and liver congestion and on and on. So, so there's five labs and some, and some questionnaires that we use with every person. Today's sponsor is obsessed with mitochondria and their impact on how we age. Their research has shown that by supporting mitophagy, the process that our bodies use to reduce damaged mitochondria and make healthy ones, we can protect cells from cellular decline. Even more exciting, their research shows that supporting mitophagy in older adults, they were able to significantly improve muscle health and performance in just two months. And we can all agree that improving muscle performance and health is critical to longevity and healthy aging. So how did they do this? 10 years of research by the folks at Timeline Nutrition has resulted in the discovery of urolithin A, the active compound in MitoPure, a revolutionary supplement offered to you in three different forms that gives you a therapeutic dose of urolithin A. A delicious vanilla protein shake, my personal favorite, a berry powder you can add to yogurt and smoothies, or convenient capsules for travel. I personally love the three-month trial that allowed me to try all three of these. Within just two months, I could feel my gym workouts getting easier and my body responding to the effects of those healthier mitochondria. To try MitoPure for yourself, just go to timelinenutrition.com forward slash nat10 and use code nat10 to save 10% off your order. And now let's get back to the show. Just to go back, because, you know, I, I, it's funny, we were in the business for so long and we, we sometimes forget like HPA for people who are wondering, sitting there scratching notes, wondering what the heck is this HPA thing? And so what Reed is referring to is we used to always kind of focus on the adrenal glands because they are the ones that are pushing out this cortisol. But what we're really talking about is the adrenals are only taking marching orders from somewhere else. And it's the hypothalamus, the pituitary gland and the adrenals. And sometimes we'll even bring an HPT thyroid into the mix because the adrenals and the thyroid, imagine them kind of walking around arm in arm. And if one of them is on its knees, then the other one's got to drag it along kind of thing. So just, I just wanted to back up a little bit just to kind of revisit that concept for people so that they understand that, you know, this adrenal, this idea of adrenal fatigue really being this, and it's like you've been saying all along, it's, it's, it's complex, not complicated in that it's this intricate sort of relationship between the order takers and the order givers. And sometimes they switch roles depending on what's disreg- what's out of balance, right? So yes, yeah, indeed. And also the hypothalamus pituitary uh, gonadal relationship. Exactly. So, so you've got the HP gonad, which is ovaries in women, testes in men. You got the HP thyroid. You've got the HP adrenal, and there's other HP axes. But those those ones are pretty much way up there in terms of how a person feels. On a daily basis, if you're tired, fatigued, and overweight, and foggy thinking, and maybe bad skin, and you know all these things, low libido, and 
hate working out. Actually, I hate working out. <laughs> you do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you kind of got to, but um, uh, you get the point, you know, that you just don't feel right. You know you're not right. And if you go to your physician and he says you work, your blood work looks normal, then and you know it's not, guess what? It's not. There's other labs. There's these sort of alternative functional labs that we use. Yeah. Look at it. They give us the healing. We're not there to diagnose and mm-hmm. treat a specific thing. That's for physicians that are licensed to do so. And they're looking for bad things. They're looking for brain tumors or, you know, uh, growths, you know, and this and that. And that's a good thing to go get ruled out. But once it's ruled out and, and it's kind of like come back when it's really bad. Yeah. When it's know, broken. Yeah. Y- yeah. Yeah. Then we don't want to wait till it's broken. So we work at what's called the subclinical level and it means you got symptoms and there's a reason for them yeah i love that and actually i wanted to ask you a question on the testosterone front because um i mean i mean there's two things one is we know testosterone is important for women also but are you seeing from your practitioners this kind of epidemic of young men coming in with low testosterone and and what i'm seeing is a lot of younger guys just jump right into TRT. They're like, oh, my testosterone's low. I need to supplement testosterone, which of course is a bit of a double-edged sword because once you start giving the, it doesn't work for all things, but certainly with testosterone, you start giving the body testosterone from the outside. It's going to be like, cool. I don't have to make it. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because that you're, negative uh... feedback look, but sorry, but so how are you guiding your practitioners in terms of managing that? Because there's I feel like there's this increasing mindset of TRT at all costs. And yet again, to your point, there's so many other things you could be looking at that may change that, that can rebalance and get the body back to where it needs to be. Yeah. This is where you, you want to spend some time um, looking at the causal factors. Um, but it's such an easy remedy, you know, cause there's physicians out there that are just ready to write, the prescription for the symptoms. If your symptoms are, you're not building muscle and you have low libido and, and these kind of energy and these kind of things, um, it's a quick fix. But in the long term, yeah, it could shut down normal HP gonadal activity, especially around the luteinizing hormone and the follicle stimulating hormone. Yeah. Women know about those because they, they regulate the cycle, but men it regulates sperm and testosterone, you know, so it's just as critical in men. And yeah, what we want to do is go upstream, <laughs> see where the negative influences are. I call those the contributors to metabolic chaos. Yeah. And we find that the environment is absolutely formal and it's feminizing. So today's uh, chemical toxic world uh, full of plastics, a lot of these things we call uh, uh, xenoestrogens, they're feminizing. And mm-hmm. so young men um, who aren't, well, there's some genetic potentials and things like that. But, yeah, there's a lot of it going around. And um, I don't know if I would call it an epidemic or um, endemic to the environment we live in. You know, it's, we, but we're seeing a ton of it. Yeah. yeah. A ton of it. So you get people to live clean and um, get on the right diet for their metabolic type, get good sleep because that's really good for the hormone balancing and detoxing your body. And uh, lots of exercise. You can't be healthy 
that's sitting, which we're both doing right now. <laughs> that's the. I'm waiting for my standing the, desk. It's on the way. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, well, I'm in a condo down in, in Mexico, so I don't have my stand-up de- desk. But um, yeah, go outside and, and do some fun stuff. Because um, sitting is the new smoking, is what I was going to say. And then there's stress reduction. And there's just, there's so much. People aren't sleeping. And then they're, they lack sleep. And you're, you're not um, detoxing your mind. You're not reprocessing thoughts the way you should. Your, your whole life quality can go down. Um, with stress, different types, the chemical, the environmental uh, injuries, which would be my, if I had to say, what's your main stress, the aches and pains that I have from uh, a well-used body, you know, Mm -hmm. just um, so many sports, a couple of motorcycle accidents, you know, things, uh, skiing and surfing and football were my things. And yeah, it takes its toll. So aches and pains, you know, all that you got to, you got to deal with that stuff. Uh, <laughs> stem cells and PRP and you know that everything except surgery. Yeah. Maybe Pepti- peptides are good in that. Peptides have, have definitely yeah. made an impact in that world as well. Well, you know, then, then we are going to see a physician. See, so that means that we're actually balancing both worlds. They should be totally integrative and complementary to each yeah. other. And uh, yeah, because pain sucks. Yeah, pain does suck. And and to your point, it becomes a chronic stressor, which has the same effect as any other yeah. chronic stress. That's really important that your body doesn't know the difference between uh, the, your boss yelling at you. Yeah. And uh, that's why it's good to be the boss, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Bosses have stressors too. Don't get yourself. Yeah, just kidding. It, it comes from all yeah. sides. You know that. You're the boss. <laughs> yeah. It's good to be the boss, but man, do you take you take it the other ways? You know? So, yeah, so anyways, but you have you have all these these stressors, and um, last but not least is the supplements. You know, like I take quite a bit of supplements because food isn't very good; the, the quality's way down. You eat organic, but it doesn't have that much more nutrition in it. Mm-hmm. You eat organic to avoid herbicides and pesticides, so that spells. By the way, dress, the dress for health success, D-R-E-S-S, um, diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplementation. Nice. I don't have my own company, but I know a lot about them and, and they're very useful. Yeah. Well, and I think the interesting, you know, you, I, you do, we do see a lot of people, I think, that say, I don't want to take supplements. I want to get everything I need from my food. And, you know, there's there's two points to that. Number one, to your point, food is no longer as rich in nutrients as it may have been in the past. Um, And the other point is that, you know, we're not looking we're not looking to follow the natural curve that Mother Nature set out for us Mm -hmm. anymore. Right. Our expectations, our generation's expectation is that we're going to keep kicking ass in our 50s and our 60s and our 70s and our 80s and even. Right. Well, if we're going to do that, that is that's not the way the program was written. And so therefore, there's a point where supplements come into play as we age and practices and lifestyle and all the things but we're going to have to use supplements to kind of offset that natural decline and make sure that we just stay here as opposed to follow that natural curve down. And I think that's, I think that's important. And you know, when you bring up stem cells and PRP and exosomes and peptides, like these are 
And those that toolkit is growing and growing and growing as the further we go. And so, yeah, we're going to have to resort to unnatural, if you want to call them that, means. Mm. Yeah. We want there, different things. <laughs> yeah. Well, you also affordability is part of it. It's kind of elite, you know, to be getting some of these things. They're they're yeah. they're, they're just the common. They're not covered by insurance. You know, there's a lot of regular wage earners aren't going to be able to afford stem cells, but they are natural. They take them, the mind they took out of my hip bone. Yep. On both sides. They just extract, went in there and it didn't feel good, but you no. know, got those stem cells out of the bone marrow area and they spin them. Then they stick them in your neck. I've had both shoulders, my left knee, my mid back, my low back, um, my neck two or three times, which I had injuries and it's the most, direct way to bring the healing of the body it is so it's natural healing yeah um some of the other things might peptides they they're known to have a very few side effects but but some um and anyway so we we do the dress program because it in a sense is how you got in trouble in the first place not eating right not sleeping right not eat, not exercising enough too much stress Mm-hmm. You'll take supplements, you know, and you'll believe in them. And, and you, you can run down. I, I wanted to go back for one sec to what you said about the natural decline. Um, I studied anti-aging early on when I first got in the wellness business. I read a book by Roy Wolford. Uh, he was the uh, he, he was the dietitian for the both uh, bio biosphere experiments. In, oh yeah. In the terms of, <laughs> yeah. And so so he he was with uh, I think UCLA. Um, and he wrote a book called the 120 year diet, the mm-hmm. 120 year diet, Roy Wolford. And it was really, really uh, informative about calories and, uh, and nutrition and, and aging. And, and he said that the human body was actually, you know, scientifically, you could go about 120 years before you just died. <laughs> no way to get you wear out. <laughs> like, Hey, no matter what you do, because they experimented with animals and they couldn't get them to live pat no matter what they could. They made mice, mice die in a year, rats, big white rats. They live two years and that's it. They'll die within a month of each other. These litters. And he had rats living five years. Wow. And that's amazing. And so he really, really knew his stuff. And he goes, humans, if you did all of that for humans, you're only going to, you could get to 120 not sure. Most people say who wants to, but, but, you know, food matters. So you should be able to get, this is going to be my point. Once you get to 40, instead of going up 40 and then 45, 50, and then debt, they call you over the Start hill. To yeah. 50. Yeah. You really should be up to about 40 and stay that way till you're 80. Just stay at the 40 threshold yeah. of se- And I'm close to 70 years old and I've, feel and I've tested out with telomere to, to be about 40, 41. Good for you. And, well, you know, it's, it's, I think it's mostly genetic in my case, because I was a bad boy when I was younger, but um, you know, I've know overcome much of it. I think genetics is maybe 10% of it. I think, you know, you may have done a lot of, you may have pushed your body, let's say pretty hard when you were younger, but you've also been living a very different life over, let's say the last 20 years, at least. Right. Yeah. And we know we, you know, the cool thing about the body is it can restore, regenerate, and repair. 
not a hundred percent, but it can. So, you know, one thing I like to tell people is, you know, whatever your age you're at right now, it's never too late. Like it's never too late. How far you'll be able to dial back the clock that may to some degree (laughs) have something to do with how late it is and how bad, you know, how much damage you've done over the years. But I think that to some degree we can always improve things no matter where we're at. But the other, the other point I wanted to touch on actually was, you know, the dress protocol that you keep talking about and talking about things like stem cells and exosomes and even peptides. I think a big piece of dress that, that makes it so powerful is that what it does is it addresses the terrain, right? It, it's, it, it establishes a level, a degree of balance or homeostasis would be the fancy word for it. But, you know, getting rid of that excess inflammation, bringing things into some semblance of order and balance, if you will, so that the stem cells and the exosomes and all the fancy stuff can really do its trick. Because I'm sure you you would agree that, you know, you do stem cell injections in someone's knee who's very inflamed and sick and overweight and just hasn't been taking care of themselves. Those are the people very often that you hear, oh yeah, stem cell, they, yeah, I got stem cells. They didn't work. Well, they couldn't exactly. burn them off, man. Oh. <laughs> just like, you put uh, them into yes. a burning house. Like it's. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. That's really important. Yeah. Yeah. If you, when, once you get all the baselines in place, the diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplementation, the dress program, uh, we call it a holistic grounding program even for those with medical conditions. So you can have it, and there are serious medical conditions and you need to be watched over by someone who understands how far south that can turn and how quickly. And, and so we're the junior partner in that, in that kind of a care situation. Um, And until you're out of the woods now, now we're your main partner, you know, Mm -hmm. we're we're, going to, uh, work on that lifestyle stuff. If you lift yourself into it, if it's a chronic degenerative, uh, chronic stress-related, downward spiraling thing, you can very often pull yourself out of it. We say as long as you're still fog in the mirror, you're a prospect. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's a good expression. I like that. Um, okay, so there's a couple of other points I wanted to, a couple of other things I wanted to ask you. So, would you say that there, you've had to make any major changes to the program since you first started it? Yeah, some has never changed and never will. Yeah, the principles of the laws of nature aren't going to change, no. and that's what we work with. We work with this innate intelligence that's in every cell, tissue, organ, system. You don't have to teach a cell what its job is. No, it knows. You know, you don't have to teach the moon to keep circling around the earth and the earth around the sun, that stuff is an intelligence beyond our scope, you know, but um, it's working in our bodies for us. So that will never change. You know, the, the fact that the body heals itself, but man, the, the labs and the knowledge and the, even the supplements, as you mentioned, the um, progress has been amazing and labs come and go labs are businesses. They could go out of business, you know, they could have a great lab and we've seen them. Man, I, there's a couple labs I wish we could get our hands on. And recently I just got a lab, one lab I missed for a decade. I got a lab, a new lab out of Canada to actually start running for us again. So we're looking um, always for the latest and greatest. Um, you can't stay up to date on everything, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's changed. It's also changed because um, 
Well, it's really popular. I mean, when I started teaching in 2008, my first class had 19 people in it. And we now have thousands of practitioners in 50 countries. So, and it was just a weekend workshop. Yeah. Now it's a 10 month uh, certification program with practical exercises and exams and certification and um, all these cool things you get to do once you're a certified FDN. You work under our medical director program. You can use labs all over the country in different countries. And yeah. That, that's the deal mostly with the lab and the, and the graduate. Um, but still, yeah, it's changed. And, you know, it came from, I'll just say, um, interviewing. I interviewed the first 2,000 graduates personally. The first 2,000 people to go through my program, I said, you know, how'd you like it? Where'd you come from? What made you want to do the FDN program? And what could I do to make it better? Mm-hmm. I love that. And they, they spoke up. They said, well, Reed, it'd be good if you did this, do that. <laughs> and then, you know... If you beat me hard enough, long enough, I'll probably do what you what you ask. You know, well, it's a brave question to ask, but it's a smart question to ask, right? Because asking people oh, yeah. who've just been through the program, they're the ones who just stepped out of the fire. So at the end of the day, you you just want a better mousetrap. Like you just want a more efficient program that's going to make it easier for people to be proficient at what you're teaching them, so they can help more people. So. That makes sense. Yeah, I wanted to <laughs> agree. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I actually delivered the product, you know, like yeah. it's, it's, we don't, we're not in the business of just recruit students. We're in the ability, we're in the business of graduating students. That's the, what I deliver is the, it's like get you to the end, get you to graduate. You take all your exams and things, your quizzes, and there's oral um, exam and, and stuff to prove to yourself that you actually got what you bought mm-hmm. you know, that you, that, and that for me is uh, I delivered my, yeah what, I, what I'm selling, you know, like I finished, we have an 83% graduation rate. That's impressive. That's pretty and pretty so high in the, in the business. That is yeah. high. And of your graduates, what do you know what percentage actually practice? Because one thing I do see a lot of in a lot of different programs is people will graduate and then it's, it's one thing to, to graduate and it's quite another thing to build a business or to build a practice. And Yeah, I have the stats on that and they might not sound impressive, but when you consider that we will sort of take on all walks of life. So some people only sign up to work on themselves. Yeah. They know that going through our program is going to change their life, their personal health. And, and everyone has a story and everyone has a reason they came to FDN. And almost all of them, it includes some personal health challenge. So some people are just happy that they at least got healthy. Yeah. And that's enough. They, they don't really want to be in business or go work for a doctor or any of these things that our graduates could do. So out of the first 3,000, which is when I quit keeping track, 1,000 took it for their own edification. So they're yeah. not out there practicing it. Another thousand, I would say they practice it as a hobby. It's an avocation. You know, it's like they help their mom and their coworkers, or something, but they, they don't really, you know, they have a job. They yeah. don't want to be in, in business. So, but I have also out of the first three have a thousand health entrepreneurs and they're doing this for a living. And they, they are just the happiest, most dedicated uh, type of people. So, and we have a business, acceleration program too so there's a business model that we teach with it and it's a fee for service it's one of the purest forms of fee for service Mm -hmm. you know you can hire one of my graduates 
And in an arm's length transaction, you know, they'll tell you exactly what they're going to deliver. You can choose it if you want to. Uh, yeah. There are some rigors. You know, it's it's not a big wide path to uh, do whatever the hell you want and take these supplements. It's nothing like that. It's a narrow path for some people. And the, the longer you've been sick or the, the more complex your situation is, the longer you might be on that narrow, the narrow it might be for mm-hmm. a while. And, and the longer you might be on that narrow path, but people are happy doing it. Yeah. You know, they're getting better and they, they're amazed. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. all that really matters. Right. Okay. Last question. Trick question. No, not a trick question. We talked about oh, it. I get question. so many trick questions. Like, no trick. You know, I don't, I don't feel that anybody wins on trick questions, neither the host, <laughs> nor the guest, nor the audience. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but we've come through a couple of very challenging years have you had to make, you know, in terms of, you know, this COVID-19 kind of mess that we've all been in for the last couple of years, and particularly with long haulers, um, yes. you know, have you had to, like, has this kind of, have you had to add something to the program or how are you helping your practitioners to deal with that? Because this is something that's really we've, we haven't, I mean, it's funny, we, I would say we've never seen before, and yet I have read that other types of viruses do create situations where people suffer for a very long time, but just not in the oh, numbers yeah. that we're seeing right now. You know, we, we ha- it hasn't been around long enough to really answer that completely, but I'll tell you, heck yes. Um, I have to say two things about the, the pandemic. Um, one is that most FDN practitioners, when everyone else was being sent home, we said, we're already at home, you know, like yeah, exactly. we work from home. It most of us. Our business. Yeah. 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 So just the same way we're doing business now, uh, we're talking to each other and there was more clients at home, more potential. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to sound like a capitalist pig or anything, but it, it was very good for us to be now. Now people are seeking us out mm-hmm. because there was no medical treatment being offered. Not It was mostly just vax or or not, you know, and um, you know what I'm trying to say about that. So, so what can I do to reduce my risk for any disease, including the C19 thing? I call it the crazy. So, yeah, people wanted to get healthier. What can I do myself? And that takes me all the way back to over 20 years ago, control of your own health. Yeah. And what goes in your body and, and how you feel and, and your, your, your state of health depends on you what you're willing to do. So more people started paying attention. They're at home. Uh, we're at home working. It, it really was, I don't, I don't want to say good for business, but it, a lot of us have really grown a yeah. lot because people are looking more close. Now the, on the long haulers thing, absolutely. One of the most common things we're seeing now is the chronic fatigue and the brain fog and the lack of energy. And of course that leads to the weight gain thing. So we're not a weight loss program, but mm-hmm. we're seeing an awful lot of people have been home, mental, emotional uh, problems. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, that you know, you don't want to just take a pill for that. you got to get control. And the more productive you are in doing things mm-hmm. for your own health, the happier you are. Yeah. Morale, morale, um, whether it's a personal thing or it's a team thing or a family, the more productive you are, the happier you are. Yeah. So, and that's really critical to health. 
Yeah. So I'd say, um, yeah, we've changed some things. Um, start, you know, listen, when I started, it was, everyone had fibromyalgia. <laughs> you don't hear about fibromyalgia much anymore because these other things kind of well, it's, slip now in there. It's, it's Lyme, EBV, mold, and SIBO. Yeah. SIBO. Yeah. And that's so, what I so, meant. Like, have you seen those trends kind of come and go? Like, does yeah, the firm, absolutely. do you think it's just a diagnostic thing that they're getting, that they're being diagnosed in a certain way? Or do you think that, well, you know, that things have changed yeah. and there is more Lyme around or EBV or people are just becoming more aware more aware of it. My, my opinion, my observation has been that these things have always been around, but also testing has gotten better. Right. So we're and, uh, like the it. mycotoxin testing, these things so far, they didn't even exist that I know of 22 years ago. Right. So, so yeah, so the, the technology has helped a lot. Um, but the crazy is real. I mean, I, I got it. I tested positive, you know, I was sick for three days. I mean, just kind of flew like, the bit of a headache, which I never get, but I came out smelling like a rose and now I have my natural antibodies. And, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, you know, so, that's so it's a real thing. thing. It's a but, real thing not to be underestimated. No. And, but are you finding like, have you guys, and I'm sure like this fits within the dress model and the whole metabolic chaos model where with COVID long haul, you're able to apply those principles. Like, are you finding that there's a common theme running in there? Is it the energy production systems in the body? Is it the immune system that just never really kicks out? We're, we're coming up with a new test uh, next month, a lab I'm working with in Canada um, for new oxidative stress, mitochondrial damage markers, things like yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's a combination of, I mean, viruses aren't good. Um, they can cause, they contribute to metabolic chaos. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have been living with them for our whole lives or decades, the EBV you mentioned and, and these kind of things. There's others. Um, and uh, so this is a new one that was through a real curveball at everybody. But I, I, uh, I see maybe you just sort of hope in, in a couple of years we'll have our arms around this. We'll see what the long term effects of that and vaccines are and these kind of things. And it all contributes to metabolic chaos yeah. in the body. And our job as we're not physicians, I don't never, I can't diagnose anyone with anything. Um, I can look at a test result and say it's positive for COVID, you mm-hmm. know, but it's not my place to diagnose. It's just, that's one more thing adding to chaos. You know, we still are looking for the mold and the um, Lyme, but more ubiquitous would just be the chemicals in the environment. Yeah. You know, heavy metals and things. And there's, there's tests for all these things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love it. All right, sir. Well, I think we've, uh, we've been on a nice little journey here. Would you um, maybe like to tell people, so, you know, we could have two different audiences today. I mean, because I get, I mean, the, the show gets listened to by a lot of different people. So maybe you could tell people, where to where they can be directed let's say if they're looking for an fdn practitioner and then secondly sure. what if they themselves wanted to become an fdn practitioner yeah there's um, we have a website it's functional diagnostic nutrition.com i couldn't think of a longer name you know but <laughs> functional diagnostic nutrition.com slash the name of your podcast um, well, fortunately, you didn't use the human. whole. Yeah, super. You didn't use the whole name of my podcast because that would have been like the alphabet between the two of us. So <laughs> yeah, Barrow Hacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. Yes. So, but if you go to functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com 
slash superhuman, we have a chat. We have people, you know, we're, we're fully sort of prepared to um, answer questions anytime. If, if it was just your personal health, they would direct you in the right direction. If it's considering becoming an FDN practitioner, it would direct you in, to the right place. Amazing. I love it. Well, Reed, this has been great. I think um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed this talk. It's the, you know, I think this is the longest we've spoken. Finally, we've got to have a real conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't um, Okay. Well, we're going to see each other out there. We're going to really be positive and the world's opening back up and oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we get to sit down for a cup of coffee or tea or something like that and uh, have some more chats. I love, I look forward to it. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.